this week on Two Dynamite Dudes. Marcus and I discussed Brian Danielson's AEW in-ring debut against Kenny Omega at Grand Slam. Plus, Ruby Soho battles Britt Baker for the Women's Championship. Homicide shows up in AEW. CM Punk with that mad promo game on Dynamite, in addition to his first televised match against Powerhouse Hobbs on Rampage. Plus... FTR are top guys for life against Sting and Darby Allen. Adam Cole tags up with the Young Bucks, baby. The announcement of a TBS Women's Championship. Christopher Daniels returns to Impact Wrestling. And yes, plenty, plenty more, including MJF's parents' disdain for Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Stay tuned. Coming up, it's a grand slam of an episode this week on 2 2 Who? Oh, 2 Dynamite Dudes on a rampage. fucking this up oh man hold on can you hear me marcus i can hear you what the heck is going on here <laughs> but honestly it's an improvement <laughs> you think so <laughs> I do. Hey, you can't see me i'm like john cena right now but this is Dominic you are nothing like john cena i'm sure the nesh is upset to hear you even compare yourself it's a but it's a fact that's the that's the issue here man what the heck happened here? Well, in any case, Dom, you figured out. Yes. Uh, hey, guys, we are two Dynamite Dudes on a rampage. I'm Marcus D'Angelo. The person that you thankfully cannot see is Dominic D'Angelo, my slapdick mm. brother who works for WrestleZone.com. Uh, we are covering all things Dynamite and Rampage this week. Alonzo, what's up, man? Thanks for joining us. And uh, nothing Dominic is doing is working here, but let's hammer on. Yeah. Uh, uh, hold on, Marcus. I'm yes. going to exit and enter the room again. All right, I'm just going to stay here and keep talking to people. Keep chatting away. Uh, big, Damn big man. week for AEW. Uh, man, it was quite something to see. Uh, I think that obviously the first thing that everybody's going to want to talk about this week is going to be Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. I would say probably next up is going to wind up being uh, CM Punk. And oh, there he is, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, but I think we've got a lot to discuss this week, and I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to see where we go here. Dom. Uh, I can see your stupid face. My handsome. Look, you shaved because you just knew that I uh, just am more manly than you. That's Mm. what it boils down to. Um, Good mug, though, Dom. Good mug in your hand. Why, thank you. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, For possibly the greatest wrestling podcast there is today. There is. I tell you what, it is quite the fine show. I'll tell you what, dude. The, The most recent episode, if you guys aren't listening to my world. Uh, the most recent episode is it is something to hear. What is it? Plug. Give it a little plug. Yeah, the the most recent episode is the Monday Night Impact. So uh, it was actually voted on, um, and everybody decided that's one that they wanted to hear. All the listeners did, and uh, yeah, it is a tremendous episode where Jeff Jarrett goes into the story behind the story of what happened when he brought Hulk Hogan in, and they decided to go on Mondays. 
that was the same night Bret Hart showed up in WWE, correct? The same night. It was uh, January 4th, 2010. Wow. And I remember watching. I remember watching. Uh, me too. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's really cool to hear, uh, as Jeff always says, the story behind the story. So check it out. Check out everything on adfreeshows.com. Those guys are incredible. Um, so... Dominic. Get your shit in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta get my shit in. Uh, yeah, I guess we can let the cat out of the bag. I work for Ad Free Shows uh, now as well, um, so I'm, I'm doing this, and I'm with with Ad Free Shows too. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun, and it's cool to uh, work with so many talented people over there. Yeah, Mark, I don't know if you're really like you should be considered like a top guy or anything like that either. Like, you just... I mean. I mean, I am so the top guys are the most, you know, the the biggest tier for adfreeshows.com, Dominic. So, no, yeah, I'm I'm technically not a top guy. Yeah, but by defini- definition, you're not, you don't really, you don't fit that mold of a top guy, essentially. You know, you're just trying to hurt feelings at this point. I'm just going to hammer on. Maybe a top bitch. Guys, let's talk about <laughs> Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega to open up dynamite this week and dominic let's let's start by just before we even get in, get into the match holy shit that crowd reaction yes my goodness i was seeing comparisons to hulk hogan and the rock at wrestlemania 18 um that crowd was electric man real electric and Dude, how about daniel bryan just having fun for the first time probably in years in a wrestling ring <laughs> I don't know. He has a pretty good time in wrestling. Like, no, he but I mean, that look on his face, like that incredibly like, genuine smile. And then they panned over to Kenny, and you could see Kenny doing everything he could not to smile. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was something else, man. It was neat because, like, the crowd was cheering, and Daniel Bryan, like, acknowledged it and was, like, smiling about it. But then, like, the crowd cheered again. Like, it was that intense that there was that much, like, buzz going around. And then the lockup, they cheered, they cheered when they locked up. Um, and even JR commented, he was like, they, they're cheering for the lockup. <laughs> yeah, they're cheering it, for the lockup. Yeah. I mean, it's as a wrestling fan, that's, that's really all you could want. And like, you can just, I mean, it, with, with WCW, uh, you know, it was, I wouldn't call it like a gradual change or a flip of, of wrestling audience where more people just suddenly started watching WCW. I wouldn't call it gradual, but I don't think it was this immediate either. No, it's like it's a little bit. It's got a little bit of a spike, doesn't it? Like in regards to like um, what WWE is putting on with Raw, and then like you know people transitioning over from Raw to that audience uh, is getting pretty damn close numbers to uh, what we got on Dynamite. So right. Uh, so I mean, it's just it's incredible to see the the wrestling business start to take like it's it's happening again it, like you can uh, you can really feel it starting to the, seeing the wrestling business taking an upswing again um and it's just it's a really fun time to uh to be watching it it's a very fun time what epitomized that better than that opening match yeah my goodness dom let's let's get into it what did you think of the match um let's hear it all man i mean like i watched it twice like uh so live when it was going on and then uh, I went back the next day and watched it again because I was just like, I want to see it, you know, and it was what a story told. And like, um, those guys are great, man. It was such a great match. And um, it's like, it's between that and the, the lights out match with Thunder Rose and Britt Baker for match of the year for me. Uh, like it's, a, and you could flip a coin on that one because it's just like, both had stakes and like this one was like, I mean, just that big, big event feel. And I might give the edge just a little bit to this match because it was such a big environment on a big stage and everything like that. So uh, 
but holy smokes, man. Like I loved it. I, I love the aspect of like now kicking it off. How would you, would you, would you have kicked it off with, with that? Or would you wait it and would you build it till the, to the very end of the show? You know, and initially I was like, you, you wait, you wait until the end of the show, make people like make people hang in and sample everything else that they have to offer. However, with the way that it went, you know, and, and like this irreplaceable reaction, I, I see the value in that as well, because if you think about it, like, let's say that you're a casual fan and you're like, okay, well, Daniel Bryan's going to be on this. I'll tune in tonight. Um, you tune in and you see how absolutely bonkers electric the crowd is and what a good match those two had. I think that afterwards, like going through all those emotions, uh, the whirlwind of, of wrestling fandom there, um, when, it, when the dust settled and they're moving on to the next match, wouldn't you kind of be like, I want to see what else this company's doing. Yeah, it's true. But it's also like, if you popped it off with like, uh, I'm trying to think what, I mean, not that the title match should have went first, like the, the women's title, but I'm just using this as an example. Is like if you kicked it off with that and then you still had that like you still kicked it off with a big enough match and then you um capped it off at the end with that match i don't i don't know if the crowd would have lost its zing to be honest because you got to think too right after that they taped rampage so um and the crowd was still electric for that so uh i don't know like i don't i guess you couldn't really go wrong in, in either way um but hell it paid off because i mean look at look at that uh that environment it created you know, that's it's about as good as you can get is, is in pro wrestling is that sort of reaction, that kind of buzz. Um, and and AEW's gotten it a few times already this year. Yeah. You know, CM Punk. Now this um, I want to say that the uh, that actually the lights out match that you referenced got a, rea- a similar reaction to this. Like, holy smokes, we're witnessing something incredible reaction. Um, so, yeah, it's AEW's. I mean hats off they're nailing it uh dominic rich is saying so this eventually leads to a no no limit title match what do you think dom you agree yeah it could it could also lead to like i would love to see like an iron man match between those two right like i mean that's honestly when uh, it's funny you should say that because uh 30 minutes had elapsed in the match i want to say it was like 8 32 or something i was looking at the clock and i was like i wonder if these two are gonna go broadway like just do like a full one hour match i was like i wouldn't hate it and i don't think the crowd would hate it um you know the fact that they were still whipped into a frenzy it's it speaks volume so yeah i would love to see something like an iron man match yeah, and the story that they told too, like you think about it, like, and this took me this through the second watch to kind of realize that was what they were saying, uh, and then like listening to commentary too. I think Jr. mentioned it, or maybe it was Excalibur, but either way, uh, like the bell rings, they're still slugging it out, and then eventually they're they're basically still having the match after the bell rings, and Daniel Bryan locks in the um, the bell lock, and um, like Excalibur hints later on, like, hey, he could have he would have beat him that way, you know. I think X, if that the match carried on Daniel or Brian Danielson would have won. So it's like, um, that was kind of the story they were playing into. It'll be interesting to see how they follow up with that, uh, next week on, on dynamite. And naturally we see your comments and actually, uh, I was going to say that, that, that your previous comment was the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I don't look like Dominic. <laughs> <How dare you? laughs> um, yeah, you're still on Facebook now. So Streamyard, the, the, uh, the site here we use to stream this thing they got rid of the twitter on here like the the periscope because i guess periscope dead it's no longer exists or something and so uh there is a way to link twitter on there via video uh we just haven't done it yet so we're on twitch we're on twitch bit what's up man how are you 
Thanks um, for joining us. Thank you for to all you guys for joining us. EJ, I see you're back. Good to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, we're Rick. Uh, obviously, we're we're happy to have everybody in here, and you know, fire away with questions. We'll get to them when we can. Uh, we'll try to keep this thing at something like an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, I guess so, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a busy man, Dominic. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to say about this opener, or shall we move along? I'm just excited to see uh, where it goes and how it stands because I think. Uh, I mean, I think it. We're gonna probably see this at at full gear, like the the rematch. Up in, uh, in theory. Yeah, that's what I would kind of think. Right? Probably title on the line. Title on the line, and then I think Daniel Bryan gets it. Right? Got to be. It has to be. I mean, the reaction he's getting. Yeah, Jeez. I think it's the only way. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, Dominic. Uh, let's talk about MJF taking on Brian Pillman Jr. Up and comer. Uh, how did you How did you feel about that match? I thought it was a good match. It was a good follow-up too, because you know, um, I was telling, uh, talking to one buddy about it. It's like the, you know, you had all the action that Danielson and Omega ha- had in that baby. And then um, this was kind of like a different paced match, but it still created enough buzz to keep the crowd engaged. And um, you know, you had like, you know, MJF doing his like pure heel route with the, you know, the great baby face that Brian Pillman Jr. is with Julia Hart now. And, um, I thought it was a great follow-up to the to the the match. It was a good way to structure the card. Like if you're gonna open the match with Danielson and Omega, this was a good follow-up. And it wasn't like it was like filler match. It was like a good, you know, match to continue and build it, get MJF a win back, uh, put uh Brian Pillman Jr. in a, on a bigger stage and and put the spotlight on him. And uh, you know, I'm intrigued to see what they're what they're gonna do with MJF coming up. You know, what's next for him? It was kind of the only thing that could happen in that match, right? You know, it's Brian Pillman Jr. Yes, he's awesome. And yes, I think that he's got a really bright future in pro wrestling. But MJF is the unquestioned uh, top heel in AEW. Maybe the top heel in wrestling today. I don't know for sure. But certainly certainly in the running. Um, and His parents even hate him. Did you see that? What's up? His parents even hate him. Do you see? I did. I did see that. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, yeah. Nash is saying that stuff with MJF's parents was funny. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was funny. Uh, so it's just it's really cool the, to see his character develop and stuff. Uh, so it's it was the only option he had to go over, especially after taking the fall um to Jericho most recently. So yeah, it's uh I was fine with it. I thought it went well. It was a, it was a good match. I would call it like a solid B plus of a match. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. Certainly, certainly nothing wrong with it. They both guys were great workers. I love uh, Brian's uh, uh, Cincinnati Bengals attire. I think he should really roll with that anytime he has a single match going on. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. And I believe his dad used to wear that too back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dominic Bit has asked, "What was your guys' favorite match of Rampage last night?" Um, do we want to get into some of the Rampage stuff, or do you want to kind of go chronologically through uh, Dynamite first? Um, what's you? You're hosting, man. What's easier for you? I mean. Let's just talk about it. Um, uh, so, really, I mean, is, there's, is there anything other than CM Punk and uh, Will Hobbs? I mean, yes, there was a big debut there in the uh, in the finish, um, which was cool. But, I mean, really, it's uh, to me, it, it starts and stops with uh, CM Punk and Will Hobbs. Uh, Will Hobbs, as you and I have said many times, really big up-and-comer, awesome worker, awesome look. Um, and then you got CM Punk, who's probably the hottest wrestling star on the face of the planet right now. So, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome, good match. Uh, got a little stiff at times. I think that there were a couple of missed spots. Uh, a couple, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it didn't detract from the match. Both guys looked great. 
um, cool finish, uh, smart finish, you know, with hook up on the apron and CM Punk kind of dodges Will Hobbs trying to attack him from, from behind and uh, wins the match. But it was just, yeah, I, I thought it was cool and, you know, it was fun. It was exciting. It was fun. It was, a, and that was a good way to kick off uh, Rampage too, is that match is to have, have like Punk come out and like keep the crowd cooking. And, um, you know, I think Cobbs did great stuff with like, you know, a presence and body language and facials and everything like that. And then Punk was great too with Hook. Like when Hook first tried to meddle in the business. Okay. <laughs> when Hook first tried to meddle in the business, I liked how uh, Punk just like did the hook with his mouth. I thought that was pretty uh, funny and a uh, nice little touch that uh, he added to it. But yeah, I thought, you know, uh, yeah, sure. There was some stuff that maybe, you know, was a little, uh, stilted or you know they didn't line up quite right like the the frankensteiner spot was a little scary for for hobbs um you know when he when it looked like he was gonna powerbomb punk and then punk flipped him to do the style the frankensteiner and like hobbs almost laying on his head kind of thing that i was, think he did land on his head yeah, um so that was one of the missed spots it looked like when he did that cross body that kind of running yeah, it was almost body like on a, punk. a body tackle almost kind of thing. Well, he caught him caught him on the face, and uh, I think that's where Punk got, oh, got some juice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because uh, when, when he connected, you could see Punk laying on the mat uh, saying something to him. Hopefully he wasn't being mean, probably just like, no, hey, man, no. watch it, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was just some off timing, but still, I mean, like I said, didn't detract from the match. Um, it just looked like they were working stiff, so to speak. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a fun match. Uh, so that, to me, that was the, the highlight of Rampage. Would you agree with that, Tom? I would agree with that, especially from like, uh, yeah, from like this, what, you know, I mean, obviously it's Punk's first televised match in seven years. So any, anything, a pretty big deal, a pretty big deal. Anything with Punk in it's right now is a big deal. So, um, no yeah, I would, I would say that, um, from, uh, you know, I know we're kind of venturing off course, but I really did like, I think, uh, but from like a match overall standpoint, like how it was, how they executed it and stuff, that four man tag was really good with uh, the Lucha Brothers. Uh, um, she's Santana Ortiz against you know the Hardy Family Office. I really those guys all worked really well together. So they do, they do. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention from the the event was, uh, and, and honestly, this is pretty much all I have to say about the event. I, I guess we need to talk about uh, the we got event, a few things. yeah. Um, but aside from that, um, I mean, it's, well, well, I mean, let's just touch on this real quick. Penelope Ford, Anna J, look tremendous. Yeah, that uh, was great. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. awesome. Penelope Ford, I've said many times, I think she's a really big rising star in pro wrestling. I think that she's got everything you want in a pro wrestler. I think she's awesome. So it's a uh, bright future there, bright future for Anna J. Um, what else? What else? Uh, yeah. So the, uh, the elite taking on, uh, Jurassic Express and the Christian, super click. the super click rather taking on Jurassic Express and Christian. Uh, I thought it was a good match. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at first I'm watching, uh, so before I even got to watch the match, I saw a highlight where like, uh, Luchasaurus is doing like this front flip and then some, uh, Adam Cole tries to kick him in the face and he like leans out of it. And then he does like some crazy kick action with stuff and then a choke slam onto another guy. Yeah, I remember that spot. Cool, yeah. I, so when, when I first saw the clip, I was like, yeah, big guy doing little guy things. But then I watched, uh, I watched the full match and watched it happen. I was like, that was actually pretty incredible timing. The whole yeah. thing. It was very, yeah. Well. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's I I I'm gonna go out on on a limb here, Dom. I think that Luchasaurus is improving. Yeah. Um. I I, I think, you know, that being said, I, I would still prefer to see him work like a like a big guy, but his timing on stuff is is starting to kind of really click. He's got a a wrestling buddy now too. Did you notice that? I did. I did. Yes. And to my understanding, Dominic, I think he's like. He's like the John Cena of of AEW and that all the young kids like him. Yeah, well, how wouldn't you? It's a dinosaur that wrestles. So. <laughs> yes, he's, he's a pretty unique character. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Marcus, I think um, what this might be kind of like a broad question away for you, but what do you think, what does Adam Cole give, like, help with the Young Bucks? Do you notice kind of like a, a kind of a more of a, I don't know. It's just more of a, how to say, I guess like a charisma. He at it's added charisma, right? Like, I mean, that's obvious because Cole's charismatic, but I mean, uh, it just seems like it elevates them too, you know? I think, around. you know, it's, it, it's funny you put it that way because uh, it, you kind of verbalized something that I hadn't really put into words in my head yet. Um, but yes. So, uh, here's here's the deal is that the young bucks were like these baby faces like super uh, albeit annoying but they were they were super baby faces for a long time Mm -hmm. and then it's like it was one episode of dynamite just like flip the switch and all of a sudden they're these these like cocky douchebags who are like wearing asshole clothes and you know super expensive shoes Whereas Adam Cole comes in and it's like, oh, okay, this is Adam Cole from WWE. Um, and it's like, he thinks he's better than everybody. He's like kind of bullying Tony Schiavone. And he's like that, he's that smarmy douche right out of the gate. So yeah. it's like Adam Cole is, there's a, there's more of a genuineness to him than there is to the Young Bucks because the Young Bucks just like flipped a switch and they're like, okay, now we're bad guys. Whereas like Adam Cole is like, you know, I'm just, I'm an asshole and I'm from New York and I'm better than everybody here. And he's got like that sort of a vibe. So, uh, yeah, well, I, I think. He's not from New York, Marcus. Well, he, he came from New York, oh, Dominic. Okay. Ugh, you're trying you're, to sound fancy with the old fucking you're, you're the worst voice Dom. terminology. I get it. He came he came from it. he came from up north, Dom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> from Connecticut. You're Is that just, better? Now that you're that you're riding with that free shows here, you feel like you use all the boys' dialogue <laughs> and all that malarkey. <laughs> well, in any case, Adam Cole. Um, yeah, I think that he gives them he gives them some credence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's um yeah, I like it. It's like they it enhances their assholeness like even more so. And um yeah, I'm I'm I think the super click's gonna really even catch more fire. I, I just got that feeling about it. It's gonna get kind of big with it, I think. So and that's just saying that she doesn't like Adam Cole. I don't know. I, I like him right out of the gate because of what he brings to the table. Um yeah. he's not he's different. He's different than than a lot of the uh the talent on the roster in that like there's just not a lot of guys there who can deliver a strong asshole promo who have a good look like he does and who have the working ability that he's got. Um, so he checks kind of all the boxes and then to kind of top it off, it's like, you know, one of the the top female heel is his legitimate spouse. So like, it's just, it's, and you know, like they're both like girlfriend, girlfriend, but it's like, they're both like attractive people and that makes them kind of uh, unlikable. So it's just, it's really fun. Um, it's a really, it's, it's an entertaining, uh, thing to watch week after week. Uh, and Nesha, I think you would like Adam Cole if you watched his Twitch channel. He's very, it's, 
he loves his fans. It's great. <laughs> so you're on Twitch. I would watch Adam Cole's Twitch. He's the Chubs, I think, on there, or the Chugs, the Chugs. So the Chugs, the Chugs. Um, Young Bucks. I like their style actually this week. Nesha. I thought it was pretty good. And the, I like their style in that they need a stylist. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> they they dress like idiots, and yeah. it works. It works. It totally works. Right. They they're doing what they should be doing. Now what? Okay, so Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy next week. That's uh, that's gonna be pretty darn good, right? <laughs> How could it not be? You know, you've got these two incredible talents. I also like the tease at the start of the match where uh, Christian and Adam Cole are getting ready to lock up, and Adam Cole immediately tags out. Where it's like, okay, I want to see this Christian and Adam Cole. Cool, old, old, you know, uh, IC champion, like you know, Christian for peeps <laughs> sort of yeah. vibe, and uh, and you know, this this Adam Cole Bebe character. I'm like, all right, let's see these two lock up, and then they deprive us of it. I'm like, ah, that's good stuff. Yeah, classic stuff there. Mm-hmm. What's next for Christian Cage, Mark? Good question. Um, I don't know. It, uh, I know that he's working Impact, correct? He's the World Impact World Champ. He's facing who I said they should team up is Josh Alexander at Bound for Glory. So uh, that'll be a good match. Um, yeah, i kind of curious where he will fit in the equation coming up, though, after, like, you know, because I'm thinking, like, Josh Alexander will – will beat him for the title of Bound for Glory. Um, but I don't know where they're going to keep him in the lay of the land of AW. Like, I, I know there's definitely space for him, and you can definitely use use him somewhere, but I'm curious where they're going to put I'd like to see him maybe go up like Ricky Starks, Christian Cage, Ricky Starks. That'd be pretty damn cool. No, that would be an awesome feud. I think there's a lot of directions you can move in with Christian. Um, I think you need to keep him strong because he's a really, really good worker. Um, so I, I think that he needs to continue, continually go over and then have him put somebody over where it means something, you know, what might really be cool is him and MJF. Oh yeah. That's, that makes a lot of sense. I think it could be a really fun program. That'd be pretty cool. I, you almost want to see MJF go in the route where it's, he's wrestling another current day talent. Cause it was neat to see him, you know, just really cut some fresh teeth against Brian Pillman jr. And, um, I don't know. I would like to see him go up against another like hot, like name, like kind of thing that's kind of catching a little bit of fire too. Um, who that is, I'm not too sure yet. But I, I mean, I, I see your point. But my my counter to that to that would be that I I think that this could kind of be Christian Cage's thing, or rather uh, MJF's thing, where like he's sort of like, okay, so you're you're the established star. I'm gonna beat you. You know, I'll make you tap out, which he's done with Jericho. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him do it with Christian. I wouldn't mind seeing him drop a couple to Christian before then uh, Christian putting him over either. So uh, I don't want to see MJF lose too much anymore. I, just, I don't think it would hurt him, uh, and not to a guy like Christian. You could even have it be like Christian just kind of out wrestles him, you know, beats him with a schoolboy or a roll up or something. You could, I mean, like Christian could always kind of have his number, but I almost want to see like. Um, MJF, like, not get pinned or submit. Like, I think you got to keep him pretty hot and make him keep him a, a, like as credible as you can. Um, did you, Marcus? Yeah, Adam Cole's song is pretty sweet, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a cool song. <laughs> you can see why it's kind of a chart topper, yeah. as DJ pointed out. Uh, Josh, what's up, man? Hello, thanks for joining yeah. us. Thank you, all of you guys. Um, Nesha likes Christian as Impact Champ, and I don't hate it, Dom. I, I wouldn't like mind. Too. I wouldn't mind seeing him continue to be the Impact Champ and kind of bounce back and forth. Well, yeah, but Mark, uh, who showed up on Impact Wrestling? But Christopher Daniels. 
Oh, I, did he? I meant to show it, send you that video he did uh, right after Dynamite got done airing. Uh, he did like a, a vignette video that was really, really good and like kind of like narrated his like story of like how he like lost his team and like, you know, put his backups against the wall kind of thing. And he just kind of made the return as the fallen angel, you know, so uh, it was very neat to see. And he showed up on Impact uh, this past Thursday to close out the show. So uh, obviously Daniels is pretty damn synonymous with uh, impact TNA. So, uh, I thought that was such a neat thing to do and to, if he's like going to be, I, I don't mind impact putting him in the focal point too, like against a new guy, a new champion too, like Josh Alexander. Like I think Christian beating Kenny for that title makes perfect sense. He's got the lineage of being an impact in TNA and then like him to transition that belt over to Josh Alexander makes a lot of sense. Um, and then you get him cook. You still keep Alexander cooking with somebody like a Daniels in a program with Daniels. Um, I, I, you know, if you're going to bring back Christopher Daniels, I think the only way to do it is fallen angel gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like the, the Christopher Daniels coming out, like singing into a microphone or whatever shtick yeah, he was doing no, there I think for a while. It's clearly, if you saw impact, it's clearly overdone with like that kind of thing. He comes out, like a uh, like you know, kind of like how I'm doing with the hamburger meat showing. Uh, he's got but like a button up, like a white button up, and just like slacks on. So he's definitely he's definitely new look kind of Daniels and stuff. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like Christopher Daniels a lot too, Nesha. I think he's awesome. So all right, uh, Dominic, let's let's touch on Nesha's other question here before we move on to what the other results. Uh, will Sammy beat? Miro, this is the question that's been bothering me, Dom. Uh, is, is Sammy the one to finally put a stop to Miro's reign of terror in AEW? You know, you know how I feel, so I'm asking how you feel. That's what I'm trying to think, man. I'm trying, like, will he? I think he will. I don't. I'm kind of with you, where I don't think he should, but. Like I, that's just my personal preference. I think at the moment, because I mean, like, I don't think it's does either damage if Sammy wins. Like, and and I think it benefits. You know, I don't think it's a it's a win win. Basically, I think. Yeah, I don't think you can lose in any decision you make with this because they're both big stars that you're both established. Miro's already like established. He's he's like he's bona fide badass ass kicker. So, I mean, if you're going to, you can carry that on and obviously you can build that to somebody else if you'd like, but Sammy could totally beat him and Mira wouldn't lose anything and Sammy would gain something. So you have, your options are there. I don't think it necessarily matters too much. I think if I had to make it, if you're putting me like to the test here and having me make a decision, I would say Sammy beats Miro. Um, so, in, in my opinion, Miro does lose something when he loses. I mean, obviously, there's a storyline. Oh, he's man. losing, he's losing, and he's losing like the belt. But I think more worse than any of that is he's losing the momentum he's gained to this point. How? Um, uh, because it, all of a sudden, it, this unstoppable force has been stopped, and that's the end of the storyline. No. Whereas, hang on. Whereas what should be the storyline is that this unstoppable force has a TNT title and now he wants to gather another title. 
Uh, and I'm not saying this has to be in the immediate future. I'm saying this could be a year down the road longer um, where it's like, okay, this dude is unstoppable. And now he wants a piece of, let's say, babyface Brian Danielson, AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, to me, it writes itself. You can't go wrong either way then, because if if Brian Danielson beats him, it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. And now Brian Danielson is a double champion. If Miro beats Brian Danielson, all of a sudden you've got the strap on this basically a brand new Bill Goldberg character, and then you can have a tournament for the TNT title. Okay, I see that. But also, isn't the wasn't the isn't basically the point of a secondary title like the TNT title, aka akin to like the Intercontinental title? something to showcase uh, a star that you're building towards you're going to build so you have Miro have that built and he's got it so um he can lose it to build to a bigger programmer to go on to another title while whereas Miro's doing the same for somebody else like a Sammy Guevara or whoever they do decide to choose to to get put over by there so if you're just carrying if Miro carries that title to go to another title yeah you're building Miro but it's also like you could still build Miro without it. I don't think he loses anything, Marcus. He uh, obviously he loses the match, but well, he here's lose? here's the deal though. To me, it's the right move is to have him carry that TNT title until he wins the the AEW Championship. I think that that's the right move, and here's why: is because then once he loses the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, he can go back to whoever the TNT title holder is and say, I was never beaten for that title. I had to relinquish it because I became the other champion. I so it. that I mean, should be mine. Again, but that's to my point too, is like you can do either or. It's, I don't think you're going to lose either way. Like, because you could make a great story like that you just presented there, but you can also still do a different story and make it very good and don't lose that lot of heat with Miro, just moving him on to something else as well. Now, but I'm I am like with you in regards to like I want to see Miro hold on to that title for a while still. So um, I think I think it's just better storytelling. Uh, Dominic, we've we've got a couple people here, Nesha and DJ. Yeah. They're saying that Miro should go after Kenny's World Heavyweight Championship and be Kenny. Uh, it's problematic to me because they're both heels. I don't yeah. think it, it would work um, in storyline. I don't think it should work. Um, but that being said, once uh, Brian Danielson inevitably beats Kenny Omega for the championship, I think we're on that course. I think it's going to happen. Once it does happen, I think then you have Miro maybe start to come after him. Um, and I'm not saying right away, let, let Brian Danielson get a bunch of wins. But then like once they're both kind of like red hot and like, okay, these guys haven't been beaten. Nobody can beat them. Uh, now they're interested in each other. Could be fun. Could be pretty neat. DJ um, saying Miro could maybe go babyface, and that I don't know if I can get behind that either. I mean, this whole like redeemer uh, gimmick of his—it's unique. We haven't seen anything like it where it's like he's kind of a, a man of God, but it's like he believes that he's like working in God's in God's uh, will, even though like he's yeah. he's not doing moral things. And he's like um, he's pious, but he's not like what's the term for that when you're like fake pious <laughs> you know what i mean right it's like you're it's disingenuous almost because like he's acting pious but he's still saying like this like uh kind of like uh uh sleazy stuff about his wife and and certain things in the same like right so it's like in the same breath as being saying that he's going to redeem people he's kind of like being a sleazeball it's i don't know we haven't seen a character like that 
Uh, that's what makes him so fun and so unique. And that's what's going to set him like I keep kind of doing the Goldberg comparison week after week, but that's what's going to set him apart and maybe make him better than Goldberg. Is it like, okay, this guy can cut a great promo. He's got a, a fun, interesting heel gimmick that we haven't seen before. And he's this big brute who nobody can stop. Like it's, I see money. I really do. I mean, I think you're, you're there. So it's going to be there. Like, you know, I don't think they're going to lose any heat if he does lose the title. I mean, do I want to see him kind of keep the, keep the title? Yeah, I, I think I do. Yeah, um, yeah. I just think if anybody was to beat him, that I would be like, all right, I'm I'm for this happening to further the story. It would have been Eddie pulling like an upset on him, at, like here at Grand Slam this week. But since that didn't happen, I kind of want to see Miro just keep going, keep chugging along. So, uh, all right. Well, Dominic, let's you and I keep chugging along. Hey. Uh, um, <laughs> let's talk about Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Um, so a lot of anticipation. I think that all of us kind of thought, you know, this certainly as just like taking it at face value as fans. You know, like, oh, Cody Rhodes is coming back. Malachi Black is like kind of beating everybody. It, it makes sense. Cody Rhodes should go over. But it kind of it makes even more sense to do what they did, uh, which is have like almost like a Mick Rocky situation between Arn Anderson and Cody Rhodes. Dom, did you hear, hear any of the stuff with Arn Anderson on? I, it was either yesterday or Thursday. I, I can't remember, but he was on Busted Open Radio. I didn't hear. I saw. Uh, a brief quote of it, but I didn't see too too much. Please, Marcus, this is your this is your platform. Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, in a nutshell, he said something to the effect of, "When you try to wear too many hats, you wind up dropping all of them." Mm-hmm. And he was saying that Cody's a little too focused on like Hollywood, um, so it's it's very rocky and mick in rocky three where he's saying like hey you're a little too swept up in this all the extracurriculars you're not like the the savage that you used to be when you'd step into the ring with people um and robot cleaning your house now you got a robot cleaning your house and and paulie's living with you for some reason (laughs) (laughs) so so yeah it's to me it it works it's it's the perfect storyline to tell so now you have cody i wouldn't even hate if they did some workout vignettes um now you now you've got him on this rocky (laughs) now you've got him on this rocky got beat by clubber lang trajectory and who's a better clubber lang than the guy who hates rosario dawson right I enjoyed uh, Brandy sitting uh, cross-legged from him and flipping him off. I thought that was a, like, kind of a, a neat moment. Um, uh, DJ saying, what do you think of Cody Rhodes being booed? I think it works, right? Because Cody Rhodes is all Hollywood now. Um, I think it, Cody's working a lot of people right now. Like, everybody's like, oh, Cody's just so into himself and everything like that. And they're saying, like, you know, he does not want to, like, he just – you know, is thinks he's the ultimate baby face. I think he's kind of working yet, everybody. <laughs> like, I don't think this is, I don't think it's like unintentional or he's oblivious to it. I think he's very well aware of what's going on. Now, here's the other question, Dominic, and this is something that just occurred to me. Here's the other route that you could take is that like Arn is saying that he's not being aggressive enough. Maybe Arn, Dominic, is, starts to tell him he needs to be more like a horseman. <laughs> we've got we've got Tully Blanchard and FTR who we're getting ready to talk about here in a minute. 
Um, we've got Arn Anderson, uh, Cody Rhodes with his bleach blonde hair, by the way. We've got a free agent, uh, Ric Flair, who in all likelihood is going to wind up in AEW at some point. Um, is I mean, could this be the route they're taking? I don't think so. I think, um, I think maybe the more likely route that they would take is um, Cody turning on Arn. And then, like, having a full-blown heel turn in that regard. And then um, maybe there gets a little bit of readjusting with, uh, I don't know, is the pinnacle still a thing? <laughs> or is it just, are they um, just not together? What I don't know what's going on there. That, that's what's making me wonder. It feels yeah. like they're kind of phasing out. Um, uh, Dominic, uh, Nick is saying, did Arne Anderson turn on Cody? No, I don't think so. I think it's more of, like, the tough love thing where tough it's just, love. like, hey, you got to buckle down. He's 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 airing it out to to the public. This is right. that's what sometimes you got to do that when you're the coach. You got to fucking you got to put your man out there and say, hey, listen, this is you got to do it. This is he's got to make these changes. Um, Stephen, with a question that I think you tried to pose last week, and then we had to move on to something else. Yeah. Uh, where's Jake Roberts? How come he's not with Lance Archer anymore? I don't know. I think they're, you know, Lance Archer kind of bounces around. And, uh, you know, obviously I want something a little more consistent for him and like a direction for him. Uh, I think it, I mean, him tagging with Suzuki makes sense because the, you know, they have the new Japan ties and the history together. So it makes sense. Um, but and yeah, I don't, I don't think that he needs Jake Roberts to be his mouthpiece. I don't think so. Look, I mean, even that's like, I really like the interaction between him Eddie and Mox with Mark Henry in the middle of all that. And like them just kind of basically yelling at each other. And Eddie's like, we don't need to talk. Let's not talk. And like Archer's like, he's like, I'm going to stick my foot up your fat ass. And like saying all this, it was good. Like organic kind of like back and forth for like having two screens. It's like, um, I, yeah, no, Lance does not like him and Jake were a good pairing to start off. Like, I think they matched really well. And I like how they introduced them both together like that. Like in that backyard, weird ass, like uh, justified, you know, kind of vibe to it. But then um, I think Jake's got a, they, they compare Jake with somebody else that really needs somebody like specifically, very specifically a heel, like a sleazy, dirty motherfucking heel. Like you want something like that. I think with Jake. Uh, Dom Nesha saying she saw that Jake was in a wheelchair and on oxygen. Now, have you seen anything like that? I have I, not seen anything like that. I, I hope it's not. I, I hope it's not the case. Uh, yeah. I like Jake. I know he's. I know he's a smoker. Um, so maybe maybe he just needs some oxygen or something. Maybe he's got like some emphysema. But uh, you know, I I certainly hope that's not the case. Hope he's doing well. Uh, you know, I've been a, I've been a Jake fan since I was a kid. Yeah, he was. He's been your boy for a long, long time. Yeah, really like Jake. So hope he's all right. Um, yeah, I hope he is too. I'm sure he is. Like, maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, Nesha, I didn't see or hear anything about that. And I also did not hear about Bray showing up on Wednesday. I don't think he can still, right? No, I think legally he he still can't. The 90 days isn't up, so uh, he's probably going to be uh, stuck for at least a little bit longer. But it does feel like a foregone conclusion that he will be coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DJ says. Uh, Cody said in an interview he would never turn heel. Uh, Wait, isn't that well? Just isn't that what a heel would say? I was, I'm, I was just gonna say, just to counter that, you know, like what else is it, is it somebody gonna say before they turn heel? Yeah, you know. So <laughs> it's it's a it's a wrestling business, wrestling. Wrestling. 
Uh, yeah, I, I imagine that eventually he'll turn heel, but who knows? Because I like him as a babyface. I've been saying for a while now, like I see him as the top babyface in the company in per, in perpetuity because uh, I think he's he's tremendous in that role. Well, I think too, though, you have a lot of babyfaces. Obviously, right now, like look at all the babies. You got uh, Brian Danielson. You got CM Punk. You have uh, Darby Allen. You have John Moxley. I think you're pretty good on baby faces right now. So. Well, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of ways to swing it. You know, it's let's. I mean, if if I was if I had the book, Dom, if I had the pencil in AEW, I'd be doing that Miro thing where uh, keep him strong and eventually have him win the belt and forfeit the TNT title for a tournament. Mm-hmm. But then who better to uh, eventually un- unseat him than Cody Rhodes, who has given up his rights to the world championship. Maybe we do some kind of fuckery where he gets out of that situation. And then Cody Rhodes is the flag bearer of the company, which in, in, all, in all honesty, he needs to be at some point. I think he will do that, but as a heel, because it wouldn't it just make sense to go back on your word and, and go make a challenge for the title and then, you know, hey, he's a heel doing it. So that, like, he's, yeah, you can't trust him. <laughs> you that, know, that, that, hey, that, that fucking works too, I gotta say. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Where he's just like, I know I said I wouldn't, but I'm going to. Yeah. Steven asks, uh, any word on, oh, sorry. Any word on a go go? I'd like to see him come back. I think he just had the, the eye surgery. So he's just on the shelf for a while. I really like a go go, though. Um, man, he was like the perfect counter to Cody Rhodes uh, when they had their feud going on. That felt like a uh, very Rocky Apollo Creed to me. Yes, yes. I think Cody's just watching a lot of Rocky movies. Yeah, you know, they're, I mean, Rocky's great. <laughs> <laughs> who, who doesn't like Rocky? Who doesn't like Rocky? If you don't like Rocky, I have to say you're not American. Fair enough. Uh, all right, Dominic. Let's 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 get back to the event itself here. FTR versus Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, FTR coming out in some sweet gear, NWO yeah. gear. That was that was pretty great. Um, I'll tell you what, best best gear in the biz. First, the tribute Bobby Eaton gear. Now NWO stuff. Uh, which, by the way, I mean the wrestling Sting. So, like, how much better does that get? Yeah. Where they're they're coming out wearing like the the gear of his greatest rivals. Yes, it was a very nice uh, touch. Very nice touch. Um, it was a great match too. It was, I mean, Sting, man, he was really going, was he not? Like, it was impressive for 61, 62. Flying crossbody. He looked yeah. like a million bucks out there. Still working really well. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I now want to see Sting in a singles match. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had to pair him, put him with one person. He can only have one singles match this whole, in all of AAW. Like, one match. Who are you putting him with? That's not an easy question. I know it's not. That's why I asked it. I think I would be between two people. One would be Miro. Um, just because I'm, you know how I feel about Miro, but also uh, I think that it could like kind of raise the stakes for his character where it's just like, Hey, Sting has come back and he's just been a house of fire since he returned. Like, Hey, can Miro get over this, this veteran? Um, the other one, and this is kind of a curveball. Darby Allen. I okay. Yeah, I guess. I, I think I'd want to see him go against Kenny. I wouldn't hate it. I honestly would I mean I wouldn't hate Sting really against anybody, but like um I think Kenny would just be really good. Like him and Sting. It's just that's like a that's like a match that you would have to Put in a video game like an interesting clash of styles right mm-hmm. yeah 
and you know kenny can work and you know like can move and create movement for sting and i think it'd be pretty darn cool obviously like you know seeing him against anybody like a punk or a that's that's what steven you know, chambers punk. just said dom yeah. thing versus cm punk i mean that would be a lot of fun too but yeah. i was kind of trying to think of like some i i guess you know, to call Miro a homegrown talent for for AEW isn't really genuine, but I think the 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 way he's established himself in AEW has made him kind of homegrown. Well, like Marcus, did you see on Twitter like Ricky Starks was like, you know, hey, I am AEW homegrown talent. He is. Yeah. He is. I would consider him AEW homegrown. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Who Britt else? Would in that category, Britt Baker. Um, I would put Jungle Boy in that category. But Jungle Boy rest worked elsewhere. Darby, you'd put Darby in there. Darby, for sure. Or Casty. No question about it. Powerhouse yeah. Hobbs. Powerhouse you know, Hobbs. it's everybody worked somewhere before. You know, it's it's like you would probably consider DDP a homegrown WCW talent. Well, DDP was an AWA. Yeah. Right. So it's you know it it's essentially wherever you get over the most is with the, where you're homegrown, in my opinion. And this might ruffle a few feathers here, but Hulk Hogan wasn't homegrown WWE talent. He was AWA. Yes, he was. Ran wild in AWA first. Yes, he it did. Uh, that's that's kind of where he established himself. I believe he was working for Vern whenever he did the Thunder Lips bit in Rocky, yeah. Dom. In Rocky, it's all tying together. And I was in Rocky. <laughs> Dom was in the movie Creed. You can see him as a ringside cameraman. I'm like right behind Sly taking pictures. And yep. when uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan's hits the canvas. And his ass is up in the air. And my head's right by his ass taking pictures. Right by his ass. Dominic, let's talk about the main event of Rampage. And I think this is going to be our last subject because we cover. Well, no, we got to talk about Mox. Oh, we got two more here. Um, but uh, let's talk about Britt Baker and Ruby Soho. Dom, yeah. I this was one of those matches where I'm like, who wins? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, which is what makes it a great match. Yeah. Because and- who, who do you put over? This new uh, super hot talent? Or... The new, uh, or rather, the new champion, who's also a, a really hot talent in the business right now. So uh, it's again, this is one of those matches where it's like, hey, flip a coin. I don't know who wins this one, um, but Britt Baker pulls out the win, um, and it kind of the right move, I think, to me, the right move. I I think so. Like I think it was the right move. I, either way, again, this is a kind of thing. Either way, what I was, what I kind of scratched my head about, should Ruby have submitted? Uh, probably not. I would say probably not. But that being said, it's it, she got this devastating lock on Ruby by by unfair means. So I think that's kind of like the out where it's like, hey, look, anybody is getting stretched while also having fingers put in their mouth to depress under their tongue. I would probably say, okay, I want this to stop. You know, <laughs> so they would they would take the steps necessary yeah, to make that stop happening. Yeah. Huh. Certainly does not feel comfortable. No, I would take the steps necessary to make that stop. But um, uh, and you know what? Like I, I thought about that more too afterwards, like the next day and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, they're really Tony Khan's really in about having clear cut winners and losers. Like you never see a DQ finish, and I think it's maybe more so leaning into the side of you know presenting more of a sports feel where like, hey, UFC, you you either get knocked out or you submit. Like, that's how you basically win. So, I mean, like, I think maybe if I could interview Tony Khan at one point, this would be one of the questions I'd ask him is, is, is like, is having, like, the submissions and people giving up, or do you kind of want to dispel that notion of, like, hey, this guy quit or this 
woman quit, you know, like the quit aspect where it's like, that's just the name of the game. That's the name of the sport is like, you know, submissions part of it. You know? I mean, you look at, you look at UFC, how many uber talented fighters have like had to submit at some time or another like, to just avoid getting just fucking set. Right. To like you, if you're about to have your elbow hyperextended, wouldn't yeah. you rather like just say, Hey, I'm going to live to fight another day. Yeah. Just tap yeah. out. You know, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it either. I mean, you see it in football all the time, too, where it's like a, a really good team just takes a loss. And Your Cowboys quit is. all the time. <laughs> so they don't quit. They they just take a loss, you know? <laughs> so it is it is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something to me about your Jets, Dom, but I'm it's not going to I'm, I'm not gonna sink to your level. Yeah, it's just that, I mean, it's open game there, man. Open season for the Jets. Just, just not going to do it. Good golly, Mr. Uh, Dominic, let's talk about Mox and uh, and friend of the show, Eddie Kingston. taking Marcus, on. What's, what's the, the rival's name? Can you say his full name? Minoru Suzuki. There you go. I was curious. Mm-hmm. Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Yes. And Homicide. Another. Yeah, yeah, how about that? Running, a running from homicide. Mm-hmm. I like seeing watching it. homicide wrestling Johnstown, PA at a TNA show. Who did he face? Do you remember that? It was a good. It was like one of the highlight matches of the evening. I think it was the, homicide fighting somebody. To be honest, the match I remember the most was uh, was Brian uh, Christopher Danielson or Christopher Daniels rather. Yeah, and he fought AJ, right? I he thought he fought Rhino. Oh man, I'm trying to think. That was a great show, though. There was a lot of good. There was a, it was a big name show. Like for, it was. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, McFoley was present, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, we went to another one where we had really close seats, and in the main event, it was Kurt Angle tagging with a, with AJ Styles against the Dudley Boys. That's pretty awesome. Which was a pretty great one to see. Was that the one in Johnstown, PA? Yeah. Oh man, that was. Oh yeah, me and you. Went to one show, and it was me, you, our buddy Doug, and our brother Luke. Who we gotta get I'll up. tell you this. Nobody in this chat gives a fuck about this. Nobody gives flying shits about this. Uh, so, Dominic, uh, let's talk about Minoru Suzuki tagging with Lance Archer against friend of the show, Eddie Kingston, and uh, none other, Dominic, than John Moxley. <laughs> Sorry, I was, what are you doing? I was losing my train of thought. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, why are you throwing this up? <laughs> I was focusing on a few other things at the same time. It was very confusing. So, uh, so yeah, let's talk about it. Dom, what do you think? It was okay. The I think, um, you know, I like Eddie. I love everybody in it. And, like, I love uh, the... The, when he's like chopping a Minoru Suzuki and Minoru just stops and laughs like a fucking madman. And then um, they, they go back and forth. So there was a lot of neat aspects about it um, from like, I guess what it was like the lights out aspect of it didn't really feel lights out. Did it? I, not that I really wanted something to the effect of like, you know um, what we were getting with, you know uh, the blood and guts kind of thing and, you know, what we've had with some of the Mox matches already. I think we've had our fill of that, like, you know, Nick Gage and Jericho. We didn't need that, to something to that level or anything to that. But, um, you know, I liked, uh, you know, I liked everybody in it. I liked uh, the moments that they got to do and pull off. Um, so, like, I think an okay way to close out the show, especially because Eddie's the hometown guy in New York and he gets the, gets the win and everything like that. So, um, you know, 
I yeah, I'm curious what's what's next. I'm always the, just that's kind of the big intriguing thing is like, hey, what's next with these within the program of all these people is what what I think is the most intriguing aspect. What did you think of the match? Um, it, it was it was what you you would have expected it to be, right? Stiff, a lot of brawling. Um, mm-hmm. Stephen Chambers points out that Kingston beat the dog shit out of Archer with that kind of stick. Yeah. Um, uh, Nesh's daughter, big fan of Nick Gage, by the way. Really? <laughs> she wants to see Nick Gage come back, Dom. I don't Boy, know. I don't know that he's going to make another run. In I after think that one off is all incident. Like, um, like he's all GCW baby. He's like, like there. Did you see what match they're having at GCW, Marcus? I've seen a couple. It's uh, it's John Moxley who's the champ, at the GCW champ at the moment. And then you have Matt Cardona and Nick Gage. It's all it's a fatal three-way. <laughs> Tell you what, uh, I would wear protective eyewear during that match. Mark, I don't know if I could go to a GCW show like that. At least I wouldn't be up. interested in having blood splashed on me. Blood, I would not care. If that sounds weird, I know. I would be more concerned with like light tube pee. Dust. Pee would Wait. not be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you had a wrestler like a GCW wrestler to just like piss on somebody. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them if they could somehow get past the whole like exposing yourself in public. Like if he could have like some sort of like a tube or whatever the peak of the <laughs> or fucking like comes out with a cup of piss. There you go. There, there's your loophole. Boy, what an experience that would be. Full blown experience of, of a GCW show, light tube dust breathing in, uh, <laughs> a cup of piss thrown in your face, and then just a little bit of blood under the cheek. GCW, babe. <laughs> you gotta get take a girl there. You're, you, <laughs> I tell you what, you want to woo a lady? Take her to a GCW show. Honestly, I so I watched the Nick Gage uh, Dark Side of the Ring, and oh, uh, I haven't watched that one. Yeah, so I saw it, and it was fascinating. Crazy story. You know, guys lived a pretty wild life. But, I, you know, I see these fans, uh, like, out in a field during the one where he got injured really badly, and he he nearly bled to death. Oh. It's like these fans out in a field, and it's like these guys are just covered in blood. And I'm like, I'm, I don't – I have no interest in seeing that happen. I just don't want to see it. It's like – it's such a very – it's like a niche of a niche because it's, like, wrestling, and then it's, like, an independent wrestling, and then it's uh, – Deathmatch wrestling. <laughs> By the way, I'm not saying it's bad. Like I, I don't, I don't think that it's a bad thing for wrestling to have death matches. But for my personal taste, the way that AEW did it, where all of a sudden it's like it, it increases the stakes by like a huge leap to say like, hey, by the way, Chris, uh, you know, you've got to take on the king of the death match. Um, then all of a sudden I'm like, well, now I want to see what happens because you shouldn't be put in that position and it's scary. It's Chris fucking Jericho, and he's going against Nick fucking Gage. Right, right. So, so there, I'm like, hey, I see value in it. But like, every single match of your life is like, might get seriously injured. Uh, I'm gonna go out here and throw myself through a, gla- a pane of glass or whatever. Like, get like, those fucking acupuncture sticks shoved in your forehead. Yeah, no, nope, yeah, no, nope. Um, but the death match of all death matches, Marcus. I talked about it to you off the air was FMW, which is going to have a dark side of the ring about it. 1994 from Japan, Terry Funk 
versus Onita. Holy fucking shit. You want to see a great story told and like stakes? My goodness. Exploding barbed wire time bomb death match. You got to watch it. It's on YouTube. Fucking take 30 minutes out of your time and watch that match if you have not seen it. Marcus, I told you like 12, maybe 12 moves were executed throughout that whole match, but a story was fucking told. And I damn good one at that. That's really what it's about. And we got a story with Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho. You know, it's it makes sense for storylines. Yeah. But it, you know, as far as as far as like doing it every single match, it's like, man, I would burn out very like if I'm at a GCW show and the first match is like there's just like a bucket of blood in the ring, I'd, I'd be like, I'm burn out, I'm burn out, dude. I don't want to do this for like another two fucking hours or whatever. <laughs> Bring out Dwink. <laughs> uh dominic dj random question for feedback here sure. do you think that AEW should use the tnt as a way to cash in an automatic world title shot and do the same thing by making a tnt title for the women so that they can cash in the belt for a women's title shot funny you bring that up dj because the news this week was they are going to introduce a tbs title for the women's division that's awesome i didn't i hadn't heard that yeah, no, that was on my topic list that you did not have on here. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, uh, I think that that's a good idea. I think that the women's division deserves it, especially because they're so incredibly strong. I want to see more women's matches. We see, on average, I think it's one per Dynamite, one per, Dynamite. per Rampage. It's like, it's like one women's match, and then maybe like a storyline. like Because we got Thunder Rosa talking trash, which was cool, talking trash to Jake Cargill. And, um, who was it Nyla Rose as well? Was she Nyla there? Rose, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's going to be a fun, like apparent three-way feud. Um, but yeah, it's, I like the idea of having a TBS title for the women. That that's going to be a good looking belt too. What's up? That's going to be a good looking belt too, with that new TBS logo. Oh, and no then, question. No yeah, question. Yeah. Um, as far as like using it as a cash in, I think that that, I think it should be a completely separate entity. Like, as you said, Dominic, it's almost like the intercontinental belt. Um, where it's like, I, I like the idea of having a separate entity that people are still vying for. Like Miro is not shooting to be the world heavyweight champion right now. He's just happy being the TNT title, uh, or rather being the TNT champion. So like, I think that that's a cool thing where it's like, Hey, I know that everybody wants a world title belt, but I'm really glad that I have this belt. So I, I like that aspect. But that being said, I like the idea of like, they should almost do like a King of the ring. Um, so you know the money in the bank briefcase that would be very on Marcus, the nose. But geez, I mean this is also in the news that we didn't even I didn't even put the, I should have put this on Owen Hart getting the ties. Oh my gosh, know? yeah, that's a huge one to talk about. And Marcus, they're gonna have an Owen Hart tournament. Like that's that's what's happening. <laughs> so, so it, I mean, how how much better does it get than that? Owen Hart was the king of the ring in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, make that Owen Hart tournament the king of the ring tournament for AEW. Um, man, it doesn't get much better than that. King uh, of Hearts tournament. I wonder if they could use King of Hearts. I wonder if that's. Not I, I don't. I don't know if it's it's trademarked or not. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, either way, it's just it's such a cool idea. Um, that I think that they could really they could really make it work. And again, it's like tournaments to me. I love tournaments. I know that Vince McMahon, I think, famously has said that he hates them or something. Uh, but I think they're really cool. Oh, they're, I love tournaments too. Yeah, they they just like add stakes and it's like the single elimination, like, hey, do or die. Every match is a super important match for you to get to the, this ultimate goal. I don't know, to me, it's 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 cool. There's nothing more than presenting a sports like field than having a tournament. Um 
No, DJ makes the point too, and I was going to say this as well, is like, that's basically, it's basically what Josh Alexander just, it is what Josh Alexander just did on Impact, was he gave, he relinquished the X Division title to challenge Christian Cage, and they call it in Impact Wrestling, Option C. That's like utilizing Option C is that. And so that's that's the story that's being presented there. Um, yeah, I got like, I think the TNT, I mean, the X Division title's its own thing. And it's, everybody's like, hey, what's the X Division title actually? Like, what is it? How do you define it, basically? And, like, there's not really ever been, like, a true blue definition of the X Division title. Now, with the TNT title, it's, like, created its own identity and established itself. Like, I think if you were to kind of do that, it would be all right in a way. But it would also, I don't know, it would kind of not devalue it but it would kind of make it feel a little bit like not in, as important as it should be right yeah. where it's like it's it's a tool to get to the uh, world heavyweight championship yeah. uh as opposed to like being something that's desirable in and of itself yeah. so yeah that's that's sort of where i'm at on it um but that being said i think they need something like that to dj's point i think that that they do need something like that and to me it's it's the the king of hearts tournament yeah, that'd be pretty dangerous. And man, let me just say too, it's uh, it so good to see uh, Owen Hart being represented, being represented in pro wrestling again. Uh, such by, an, by Martha's choice, like it's not, yep, you know, yep. Such an incredible talent, and it's, I mean, it's, it's about paying homage to this man who is like such an important figure in pro wrestling. Uh, I couldn't be more pleased to see it. They're doing that. Owen Hart is, uh, in my opinion, one, probably the most talented of of his family and certainly that would make him one of the most talented of his era yeah i mean if you're putting him up there with like brett you know, like you know it's just like oh and like he should like it should be one and two right there you know so yeah uh, and the, no disrespect to brett i think that brett is an unbelievable worker but that just tells you how much how highly i, th- I feel about owen and and his skills honestly go back and watch him i don't i don't know that when i was a kid i appreciated him enough but as i've watched this stuff back as an adult it's like what a technician. Like, I still want to go and watch like, worker. his stuff in Japan where he's wrestling like Liger and stuff like that, right? Oh, it's unbelievable. I'm, uh, I'm, I've, I've never seen those matches either, but I'd love to because uh, unbelievable worker. Mark, and like, I mean, from, from a fan kind of aspect too, like wrestling figures are going to get made up Owen Hart. He's going to be in video games. How crazy is that? It's wild to think about. You know, I think the mm-hmm. last game that he was on was WWE Raw in 1994. Well, no, because he was on, like, Attitude. Oh, that's right. He was. He was on the Attitude games. Mm-hmm. That's right. But, I mean, it, either way, no matter how you slice it, it's been a long time since Owen Hart was represented on a video game. It's been a long time since he was represented as an action figure uh, on licensed T-shirts. So it's it's it, it just opens up the door for some really cool opportunities. And more than that, it opens up the door to pay respect to this guy who who should never, never be forgotten in pro wrestling. Yeah, Steven says, uh, shame on WWE, they should have did this years ago. Well, I don't think that was necessarily WWE's choice to do either thing because it was it's Martha. Like, Martha does not want anything to do with WWE. And it was very contentious, obviously, and, like, uh, really caused a wedge within the Hart family, like, the dealings with WWE and stuff. And, it, like, sides were divided, and it was a really bad, sad situation. And so... Um, you know, Martha just did not want anything to do with it. So um, this, like, like 
for an outside company that's big in name and you know uh it's kind of you know away from that time where owen passed and everything so it's not even like a wcw it's its own thing it's like hey these they're paying homage to all these like legendary wrestlers like you've had dory funk come and visit you've had you know uh all these different names get paid respect throughout it you know throughout AEW's like short legacy in history and even brett so um like i think this that makes it a lot more sense for martha to be like hey yeah these they're coming from a good place she probably sees the excitement that tony khan has for the business in general and you know how they've handled everything like punk mentioning like uh, and did brian danielson mentioning how they handled the whole Brody lee situation i mean that was probably I don't know if she knew stuff about that or maybe she saw it and was just like, you know, this is a good company and I don't mind having Owen's legacy be associated with them. So yeah, it's, 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 uh, I'm it's, a, really, it's a really, really exciting prospect uh, wrestling. I, I said at the top of this program, I'll say it again, wrestling, I, I feel like is starting to get whipped into a fever pitch and it, it has everything to do with Tony Khan and AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, dude. It's, uh, dude, it's been, <laughs> it's good shit right now. Marcus, I like, I know we talk, I talked to briefly about it last week too. NXT is kind of intriguing. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's kind of the new, uh, it, it, it would be a way for WWE to work right now is to lean into that like corny new generation thing. Because uh -huh. uh, uh, aside from that, go back to being uh, a PG to PG 13 program. You know, uh, it, those are the only options as of right now. Well, we're kind of getting the, the, from what it reports are. I think Sean Rossap of Fightful mentioned that um, the the report is that uh, NXT is supposed to get edgier, but per Vince McMahon. So I mean, well, you know, the, we're uh, what are we talking about here? They're like '90s Nickelodeon, but they're also going to yeah. Be so it's like, and more, well, I have uh, a feature coming up that, uh, this coming week on uh, WrestleZone.com where I pretty much talk about this. Yeah, so uh, be on the lookout for that, folks. Be on the lookout. Uh, we'll leave you at, at that tease with that. Um, Marcus, is there, what else did we want to mention? Oh, I, we got to mention this aspect too here. Uh, America's top team, men of the year. Got a lot of MMA guys. Uh, Paige Van Zandt, what a huge name in MMA. Uh, get Mixing it up with Jericho and Hager. What'd you think of that whole interaction? I liked Men of the year getting the win. That, that's I think that needed to happen. And um, you know, uh I'm kind of digging it, man. I'm kind of digging it. It's okay. Um, it's I, I don't know that it's really like turning the dials for me mm -hmm. um as much, but you know, at the same time, it, so you've got a really strong program right now. I don't think that it hurts anything to have that kind of a rub from MMA to have, of course, Chris Jericho out there um, and, uh, you know, Jake Hager, who I, I think highly of. Um, so I don't, I don't think that it hurts. And, you know, certainly Ethan Page, uh, a friend of the show, Eddie Kingston said that he's a rising star. Uh, you and I both love Scorpio Sky. Mm -hmm. So like having all those guys in the mix, it does, it, it will never hurt your program. No. And like having a name like Jorge Masvidal, like give that badass knee to Jericho was pretty damn cool. And um, I really liked it too. I just tweeted this out as like, if you watched, you could see uh, Ethan Page tell Jorge, hey, the hard cam, look over there. <laughs> like it was like, and you could see like Jorge turn and be like, hey. <laughs> it was pretty funny. 
<laughs> the tricks of the trade. Tricks of the trade. You got to know it, man. Um, uh, Dom, are we ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah, let's take a couple things. Okay, here's a couple stuff. Uh, Marcus, did you watch Chris Canyon Dark Side of the Ring? I didn't get to. Actually, uh, I might be watching it tonight. Uh, if not tonight, then certainly tomorrow. I'm anxious to see it. Uh, you know that I feel very highly about Chris Canyon. I think mm-hmm. that he's another one, uh, much like Owen Hart, where I, when I was a kid, I don't think that I really appreciated him. But as mm-hmm. I've gone back to watch him as an adult, you want to talk about like silky smooth wrestling ability. Um, he was that and more. Um, DJ has said it. Who better than Canyon? Honestly, around that period of time, maybe nobody. Yeah. Uh, the guy was an innovator of incredible moves. I just I was on uh, Twitter the other day, and somebody posted a highlight of innovative moves that Chris Canyon invented and pulled off in the ring. And it's like it's it's outdoing a lot of the crazy spectacle kind of stuff that you're seeing today in pro wrestling. Uh, just really innovative, cool offense, and you can tell that he's taking good care of his opponent. Like he's very safe, even though it's like these these moves look absolutely devastating. But like you can tell, you can see him like kind of hooking his arm underneath their head to protect their head from bouncing off the mat and stuff. Just like next level kind of thinking, um, way way ahead of his time. If Chris Canyon, uh, like let's say 1998, Chris Canyon was in pro wrestling right now, uh, he would be the biggest star in pro wrestling. He'd be feuding with Malachi Black. He'd be feuding with Cody. He, he honestly, it would be hard to justify not putting the AEW championship on him if he was in pro wrestling today because, like, he is that damn good. Uh, so what a tragic story about him. Um, just saw a thing with Father James Mitchell where uh, basically Canyon told him that he was planning on leaving the world soon, and Father James was trying to talk him out of it where he was saying, like, hey, you know, you mean too much. And Canyon essentially said, like, you are coming from a place of selfishness to say, like, me being here for you and remaining miserable uh, means more to you than me getting what I want. And uh, so it's like it's just a really hard such a hard thing to come to terms with um it it is chris canyon's story uh but man what a what a great person great worker i keep seeing interviews with him um and he just seems like a genuine kind nice person so uh between that and his skills i'm a big chris canyon guy uh rest in peace i'm i'm excited to see this episode but i'm also a a big piece of me is dreading it because i know i'm gonna get sad i'm about halfway through it i haven't watched all of it yet but uh like yeah it's uh what uh a layered individual he is like there's so much that that goes behind what we saw the mortis mask you know and um it's like man yeah you're right like it's just like star potential out the out the wazoo too and it's just like for him to kind of at that time late 90s like uh you know homosexuality had such a completely different um tone and like it, people took it a different way and it was all handled d- differently and, and like horribly yeah, horribly and like not only that you had that aspect but you had mental health too and the the stigma that came with that at that time and, and the unknowns that go with that where like nowadays that stuff's in, like embraced and rightfully so and like people like you know are able to you know not only like show that but like embrace having mental health issues and things like that. And Canyon was dealing with a lot of that stuff and uh, like Catholic guilt, all that thing he was dealing with. And I'm only halfway through the show, but like to see him be in that time in a business with wrestling where it's like, yeah, there's that machismo kind of attitude where you don't want to show anything. And like, if you're, 
if you're closeted homosexual and you're not like and you're that's a fear of yours is is thinking that it's going to completely destroy you and who you are as a per, as a as a wrestler then um you know it's it's a really tough tough thing to deal with plus mental health on top of it uh yeah, it's uh, you know, not a good time for for any of that. And I feel I really feel for Canyon and like it is sad to think about. And um, yeah, it's just like, man, Canyon was awesome. He was awesome. And you could see how much, you know, because the Bucks are in there talking about how much they mean to him. Brian Cage had, talks about it. Uh, Raf Raf Moharty, like who like I've got to know him, like uh, he's it was childhood friends with Canyon. James Mitchell is great in it, too. Like uh it's you'll you'll like what you see marcus like for for what it is obviously you'll like what you see and um man marcus like this sounds like selfish but i think too like what you were doing with rewritten like wcw rewritten how you're incorporating canyon on there like it was the best part of i think the whole series so at this point i know it's on hiatus now but uh it's just like um that was the best part of the whole thing was what you were doing with canyon i think yeah, I mean, I, I feel comfortable giving this much away. You know, he had a big run ahead of him. And uh, it, bear in mind what I just said about Canyon and how what, like the start potentially had. Like, we're, we're talking a big, big run ahead of Canyon uh, on WCW Rewritten. Uh, I hope to be able to bring it back. But right now, Dominic, with the work it's I'm doing. too much right now. I get I'm, it. I'm so, so busy. Uh, but so, it's good shit, pal. It's good shit. <laughs> yes. So we're, we're, we're going to keep the pin in, in Rewritten for the moment. Uh, but yeah, so rest in peace, Canon. Again, as Steven brought her up, rest yes. in peace, Daphne. Uh, mm-hmm. Such a, a two really bright lights, in in not just the world of wrestling, but in the world, uh, gone too soon. So, and there's a uh, collar and elbow has a T-shirt available for Daphne if you would like to help with her family and stuff like that. Uh, all the proceeds, Al Snow's that's Al Snow's company, and he does a really good job with making cool T-shirts and uh, ones that fit great and everything like that. Um, and you know, making sure that all that money goes to the right place. And uh, so you can, if you like Daphne and, and you, you miss her and you want to help out, that's one way to do it. And yeah. Lend, lend your support if you can. Yes. Um, so Dominic, uh, we, we took kind of a sad turn there at the end, but I, I think we had a really good episode of two dynamite dudes on a rampage. Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Marcus P D'Angelo. You can follow my slapdick brother who can't figure out his camera over there at Dominic D'Angelo. You can uh-huh. follow WrestleZone at WrestleZone.com and you can follow Two Dynamite Dudes on a rampage at two, the number two Dynamite Dudes. Um, and Dominic, do you have anything else you want to give the old plug ski to? Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, like I said, NXT article coming up this week, feature. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that one. I, I had a good time writing, writing that one, so uh, if you're a 90s kid, you'll like it. Um, that I did a transcription to uh, credit to uh, DHC Digital, I think are the initials. They did an interview with Mercedes Martinez. And uh, this is their first interview that she did uh, since being released from WWE. So uh, women's talent that should be picked up by AEW uh, is Mercedes Martinez. So uh, she had a little stint there in AEW before she went over there but uh, to, to WWE. So uh, give that a read. Um, but um, as far as anything else, uh, also uh, Colin Tessier, the prodigy of WrestleZone.com, interviewed Shane Taylor, who I like a lot from ROH. So uh, ROH is uh, Colin's bag here at, 
uh, WrestleZone. So uh, give that a give that a watch and a listen because it's both on podcast and both on video. So you can do that. Um, as far as this, I always for want to do this. Like this video if it's on you're watching on YouTube. Give us subscri- subscribe to the WrestleZone YouTube channel. You get us kicking on here. And uh, also, we have our own separate feed for two Dynamite Dudes on Rampage. Uh, give that a, a, a subscription or whatever podcast feed of choice you go on, whether it's iTunes, whatever, Spotify. Uh, write us a good review if it does on iTunes. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, Marcus, uh, key aspect is uh, our MVPs and your marketing. Oh, yeah. Over. Uh, by the way, I did want to mention, uh, do check out adfreeshows.com if you haven't yet. Um, it is, uh, it's an incredible bargain for the amount of incredible, really cool, unique content that they have to offer over there. So, uh, go check it out, you know, uh, see, get a, get a subscription to adfreeshows.com guaranteed that you will not regret it a bit of the feedback online is just unbelievable for the people who say, Hey, I finally made the leap and I hate that I waited so long to, uh, to join the ad free shows family. So go check that out. Uh, Dominic DJ Cassier has asked, uh, jets getting their first win tomorrow. Who are they playing though? <laughs> uh, the Denver Broncos, uh, that rivalry goes back a long ways for me because, uh, 1998 AFC championship game, it was my Jets, my Jets, where I became a Jets fan against those John Elway 98 Broncos, and uh, we lost. Uh, so I always want them to beat the Broncos. I don't think they're going to happen, though. No. <laughs> I don't think it is. No, they yeah. will not win. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus emphatically says that. Now, listen, I'm not as uh, panic mode as mainstream media is about the Jets. I think they have a... I think they're playing a little bit better than what's being portrayed. Obviously, it's a fucking rookie team across the board from a coach, from uh, a coordinators, from a quarterback. A lot of just a young team. So it's like, uh, let's not hit the panic button here. It's a young team. Things will happen. Things will develop a little bit. I'm not too concerned. Uh, anyways, Dom, MVP, Daniel Bryan. Or Bryan Danielson, rather. Got to be, right? Has to be. Across the board, Marcus, it's got to be Brian Danielson. Not, <laughs> yeah. not, not beat Brian Danielson this week. No, uh, still showed that still showed that he's maybe the best worker in wrestling today. Uh, is certainly one of the top workers in wrestling. Uh, today. Hands down, Marcus. Like you probably know this already, but like favorite modern wrestler today is Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson. Uh, he's in my top five of all time too. So it really says uh, with good reason. The dude's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the uh, rating, Dom. I mean, they've been nailing it recently. When's the last time I gave a bad rating? It's been. <laughs> it's been. I think maybe a couple months. Yeah, has right? to be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, incredible, incredible job over there. Great storytelling, kind of tying all the pieces together nicely. Um, Dominic, I'm giving it a solid 8.8 this Man, week. That is a grand slam right there for you. Grand slam. Yep. The grand slam, all right. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. No, Mark, it's a good show, man. Absolutely. Um, and this was a good show. Thank you to everybody for joining us. A uh, really good chat with everybody. Nesha, DJ, Steven, uh, all across the board. Uh, you know, yeah. you guys are awesome. Love interacting with you. Uh, feel free to shoot us messages over Twitter. Uh, you know, we'd like to, we like to communicate with you guys. So by all means, feel free to reach out at any time. Nesha trash in my Cowboys call them the cowgirls. Rightfully uh, so. They're going to win. On Nesha, your saints don't look too good. Let's just say that your saints don't look that good. Oh, gee, you know, Dom, I don't. I don't know that that's fair. I think that Jameis Winston looked like an absolute stud on week in week one. Maybe not so great week, week two. Yeah. 
week one. Maybe not so great week two, but who knows? Maybe he'll pull it back together. Week three is going to tell the tale for a lot of teams, I think. I, I think so. Uh, it'll tell you exactly where you stand. Mm-hmm. So uh, big week, big week in football, big week in wrestling. Uh, big week for you and me, Dom. Why? Why? I don't know. It just felt like a good way to wrap this thing up. Anyway, <laughs> something I don't know. <laughs> anyways, uh, thank you guys for joining us. And catch us here next week, right here on two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. We'll on catch rampage. you guys later. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in.